episode of our mini-series, The Case Profiles, TM. Yes. True Crime, True New, crime England. New England, <laughs> TM. If you are new here, or if you're unfamiliar with our Case Profile mini-episode series, it is where we cover and shed light on cases of people of color who have been misrepresented in the media. They usually don't get a lot of media attention. Law enforcement tends to focus on other cases, especially in New England, there's not a whole lot of diversity going on. Definitely not. So I feel like these cases are very much swept under the rug. So we're just kind of using this to bring light and talk about them and just get them out there in any capacity that we're able to. Absolutely. And what's really great is that this was the brainchild of you, Katie. And I think it's really important to note that not only do we have these mini episodes, mm-hmm. but we have previous posts on Instagram and on our website, truecrimene.com, that are summaries of some other case profiles that you covered before we had a mini series. Mm-hmm. So you can go on our website, check that out. You can go on our Instagram, truecrimene, and check those out as well. And also, like you said, Katie, some of these cases have no information yeah. because the world is racist and, you know, you guys know the racial disparity among media and crime. Mm-hmm. So some of them like truly have no information for those ones. We also have Instagram posts for them and website spaces for them as well. Maybe we can't make a full episode about someone, but we sure can try and get their story out there. Absolutely. So I think... uh That's a good summary, probably. Yeah. So we've been alternating with who tells what story first. So last week I kicked us off. So Liz, would you do the honors of starting us off? I would love nothing more. Amazing. I have a very interesting, interesting to me story today. Ooh, okay. Um, It's the murder of Lineda Oliveira. So I'll take you back May 4th, 2007. Recent enough. I feel like, uh, to me, recent would be 2000 on for some reason. Yeah. I have no idea why. Um, and this takes place in Oakham and Worcester, Mass. Um, I know how to pronounce Worcester. I don't know if I pronounced Oakham right. It's Oakham. But I know Massachusetts words, <laughs> and I know that that's probably, you know. Yeah. So if you guys are from Oakham, Oakham, just yell at me in the comments. All right. September of 2007... Rutland, Massachusetts, a hunter decided to, apparently, and I don't know anything about hunting, um, he checked his tree blind for, you know, deer activity. It was a preparation for the hunting season that was to come ahead. He had it in, like, this kind of brush area. And it was Monday afternoon, and it was about 200 yards off of Route 122, when the hunter, who was on his way to the tree blind... always starts the same, stumbled across something in the ground that he thought looked out of place and it caught his eye. Oh, God. Oh, yes. So, although it was thick wood and brush, he noticed human remains. Yeah. So, 
the remains at this point were skeletonized and they were scattered everywhere. Typical of animal activity. Mm -hmm. um, and with the remains was also clothing. Uh, it's unclear if it was on some of the skeleton or if it was ripped apart or like nearby just because of the animal activity it's unclear that being said the only way to access this spot is walking like the hunter was doing or a very narrow pathway that could barely fit a car like maybe an atv or like a I don't know, golf cart for size reference like maybe that could fit there but not like a truck or anything mm. big like that um a bike perhaps wow. um yeah so not too long after this discovery thankfully they were able to identify the body as 34 year old lineda Oliveira. so the remains were found in september of 2007 and lineda was last seen in january of 2007 so it had been you know nine-ish months mm -hmm. give or take which is a, definitely enough time to have a body turned to skeleton, especially when you factor in the the summer. That's right, and animals. In animals. Oh, yeah. So she wasn't reported missing until May. So she had gone missing in January. That was the last time she was seen, was reported missing in May, and then in September she was found. Um, so she had actually, this is so awful, she had disappeared just after she had given birth to twin girls. Yeah, her 10th and 11th children. Wow just weeks like they were not i don't even think they were like a month old like they were young young babies so a little background on lineda she had moved to the united states from puerto rico when she was 16 and pretty much like the last decade before she died she was struggling with drug addiction which unfortunately is fairly common in minorities especially in you know these stories that we see and that's often the blame via yeah. like police and all that like that's the automatic like either gangs or drugs for sure yeah so already it's seeming like that's what they were thinking mm -hmm. her sister marilyn is quoted as saying she tried to quit so many times she said she wanted to be somebody recover her kids and see her grandchildren grow up so sad in 1999 the state of massachusetts took away six of her children um and then marilyn had two of them so, like I said, the twin girls were 10 and 11 for her, which is a lot, to be fair. Um, and she was 34, so she's, she had time to have a lot. But prior to her being murdered, um, Lineda had claimed she wanted to come clean and, you know, steer clear of drugs and do better for her twin girls. And I feel like that's a lot of the, a pattern that a lot yeah. of people follow. And, you know, it's good that they have the motivation, mm -hmm. but addiction is a very powerful thing. Um, so Lineda also was um, a sex worker, which obviously is no problem, but that led her to a more vulnerable lifestyle. Mm -hmm. um, so she made her money as a sex worker and she also had a lengthy criminal history because of the drug addiction and because sex work is, you know, they get in trouble for no reason. She had charges against her. I thought they were just very interesting. Um, sexual conduct for a fee which I thought was just like such a bizarre sounding one. And then common night walker. She was charged as being a common night walker. Wow. Isn't that weird? That's, I feel like that has to be a more outdated term. I hope it must more be a outdated right? term, but that's wild. Yeah. Isn't that so bizarre? She went by an, an alias, mm -hmm. uh, Rosa Gomez. So she was arrested under those names, but it's still Lineda Oliveira. Mm -hmm. 
Um, however, she was a sex worker. Her sister Marilyn said anytime she would meet up with a John, she would call Marilyn and say, this is who I'm meeting up with. This is where I'm going. Especially if it wasn't like a regular. Mm -hmm. um, so according to Marilyn, Lineda, um would also leave a license plate number, which is so smart. Unfortunately, this time around, it, it didn't happen. When Lineda went missing, she did not call Marilyn, and she did not leave a license plate or anything, which leads Marilyn to believe that maybe she went with someone she knew. Yeah. Like a previous customer. The police, however, theorized that Lineda was um, a victim of an unidentified serial killer in the Worcester, Rutland, Massachusetts area. Um, and apparently there had been a killer who was killing Hispanic sex workers in that area. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they were like, interesting. Um, and they also matched a similar description of Lineda. So that would be like dark hair, like darker skin, mm -hmm. dark brown eyes, and then petite and small. Unfortunately, to this day, you know, 15 years later, there has been no development in her case. She's still, um, you know, she's resting, but with no justice. Unfortunately, there's no number to call. I don't have anything for anyone. I looked for it, but, um, you know, her story obviously is still worth getting out there because she was a, she was a mother of so many children who loved her and she was a sister and a daughter and an aunt like she you know she had some troubles with her drug addiction she loved her family and it's hard to have an addiction and have a family and it's just a lot so and it's pretty obvious that she wasn't a victim of like suicide so um wow yeah i know that's the story of lineda Oliveira. So the information I got today is from two websites, wickedlocal.com and also telegram.com. Cool. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, like we've talked about before, a lot of the cases take place in Massachusetts, yeah. and a lot of them are also African-American mm -hmm. population. Um, but, you know, when we're able to find people, it's not just African-Americans. We're talking anyone that's not white. Yeah. Or even, like, halfway. You know, like, it's just people who don't get enough coverage. And that's a perfect example where she fit into that high-risk lifestyle, mm -hmm. quote-unquote, in right. two different ways because of her being a sex worker right. and also a pattern of drug use. Yeah. And I feel like that in itself leads law enforcement and media to be like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll just yeah. not talk about it. It was probably related to those things. She probably wanted to disappear because of those. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe she you went know, in like, the woods and got high and you know, it, it's awful. It's so terrible. those are the cases that are a perfect example of why we do this. Yeah. Because she's still a person. Absolutely. And she deserves justice. And you know, we, her family deserves to know what happened. Yeah. Especially her children. Mm -hmm. Oh, well said. All right, Katie. What do you got for me today? I have a suspicious death. Oh! Yeah. Do tell. This is the suspicious death of Andrew Pearson. Okay. This case was actually sent in to us through an Instagram DM by someone named Adam. Okay. Um, my understanding is that Adam's goal for sending this in to us mm -hmm. was to have us do a full episode on this. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, we got to do it for a mini episode. There's not a whole lot of information, yeah. but there is enough to talk about it. And it's a really good one, I think. Okay, great. 
My sources for this were www.lp.com, masslive.com, and haralfuneralhome.com. Three sources. Mm-hmm. That's a I score. Know, that's, a, that's a good one. Nice. I know. 25-year-old Andrew Pearson's body was found in Porter Lake in Springfield, Massachusetts on April 21st, 2019. Oh, very recent. Okay. This was Easter Sunday. Oh. He had been missing for three months, actually. He was last seen headed to his job at Panera Bread. He was walking there. Hmm. This was in East Longmeadow, Massachusetts on January 28th at about 4 p.m. Okay. It took several days for the body to be identified as Andrew, Mm. although when the body was found, his family was notified. This is pretty common in missing persons cases. Yeah. Um, If they find a body that could possibly resemble a missing loved one, they have to go and notify them like, hey, we haven't confirmed or denied. We're just letting you know that we did find a body. Right. An employee of Forest Park, which is where the lake was located, found his body at 9.10 in the morning that day. Oh. It took firefighters over two hours to recover the body. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Despite the whole thing seeming very off and very <laughs> suspicious. Just a little. Don't worry, guys. Law enforcement said it's not suspicious and there's no evidence of foul play. I feel like that's something that they have tattooed on the back of their Mm. eyelids. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Andrew's mom, Bridget Lockhart, stated, I have been waiting three months hoping to hear his voice on the phone saying, it's me. I've been waiting three months to hear his knock on the door. This was not the turnout I was expecting. She described her son as, quote, an amazing person, a generous person, a loving person, a caring person. He was hardworking and a dedicated father to his daughter. Oh, no. He was also very, very smart. He was fluent in Chinese. Cool. And he played the piano so well. Oh. Such a bright person. That's awesome. His daughter is two years old. Her name's Harmony. He leaves her behind as well as his siblings and a ton of other family Mm -hmm. who he adored. He was such a family man. Yeah. A really good guy. In the three months that he was missing, they were able to pull various surveillance footage. There was a search for Andrew. They did do a pretty good search, in my opinion. Good. They checked hospitals. They asked around. They spread out. They looked at where he was last seen. Mm -hmm. They talked to people who knew him. The whole nine yards. Like, they really put in a lot of effort into this search, I think. Good. So, riddle me how someone just vanishes into thin air. You're walking to work, and suddenly, poof, you're gone. And then three months later, your body is floating in a body of water. Yeah. Little, uh, not really adding up. No. But don't worry. Oh, it's not suspicious to law enforcement. So we're fine. Great. Okay, cool. What really kills me about this whole thing that really puts the cherry on top for me, thinking that it's suspicious is that Andrew's body was found about a month after another body of another black man was found who was also from Springfield, Mass. Oh. In the water. Nuh-uh. Yeah. (gasps) Okay. Yeah. They found Andrew about a month later after they found another black man who had disappeared from Springfield, Massachusetts. That's not a coincidence. His name was Akeem Bailey. He's going to get his own case profile. Um, I might do his the next one 
just because there is so much correlation. Yeah. But yeah, I just think it's very suspicious that not only does an individual disappear for three months yeah. and end up in the water and they're saying it's not foul play. Right. One month after they find another black man's body mm-hmm. from Springfield, Mass, in the water, yeah. Andrew Pearson just shows up in the right. water. Now, remind me what month he went missing. He went missing in January of 2019, and they found him on Easter Sunday of 2019, right. so that's like April 21st. Right. So, my thinking is, it's January mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. It's not like he went for a boat ride or a kayak trip mm-hmm. or was near the lake sunbathing. What, how did he end up in the lake? Right. When or, he was last seen walking to work. Yeah. And he was very reliable. He has a two-year-old daughter he has to provide for. He's not going to, you know, oh, I'm going to walk to work. And just kidding, I'm going to go to the bar. Like, that's not like him. Right. So when he didn't show up for work, his coworkers are like, oh, shit, where's Andrew? Yeah. It's not like him. This is so not like him. Where the hell is Andrew? And then he goes missing for three months. Yeah. And then ends up in a lake. Right. And he has responsibilities. It's not like... You know, he just wanted to get away and Mm -hmm. wanted to hurt himself or take his own life. Right. He had responsibilities. Like, he had things that were tying him here. Mm -hmm. It's just very odd to me. I think that's very suspicious. It's just very odd to me. And his photo, too. He His photo's precious. He looks a lot younger in his photo than 25. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, man. It's just wild. But, yeah. um, Probably the next case profile we do, I'll talk about Akeem Bailey because that's another really good one. Yeah. Way too many correlations. Yeah. Very, very bizarre. But yeah, Adam, thank you so much for sending this in. Yeah, thanks, Adam. That's a very interesting story and so sad. And again, I have no phone number to call because no one seems to think it was suspicious. So there's no right. phone number to call in for tips or any information. That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And so unfair to him. Yeah. His mom is like, can I get some answers, please? Yeah, absolutely. It's just crazy. Oh, man. His poor daughter, too. His daughter's what, five now? Yeah, poor about. thing. Oh, mm-hmm. that's awful. It's just wild. But yeah. Great. Thank you. That was a good job. All right, guys. Thank you once again for listening to our mini series, The Case Profiles. We really enjoy doing them, mm-hmm. um, not only because they're pretty easy for us to research, but also because it feels nice to get these really important stories out there if we can even get one person to listen to it that hasn't heard of it i think that makes all the difference so you guys if you have a case profile or something that isn't maybe so covered that we could do a full episode on it definitely send it our way we would love to have more case profiles to our list Mm -hmm. and more that are important to you guys as well so you can send those to us on our email, truecrimene. You can go to our Instagram, truecrimene, um, or you can go to our website and submit a case to us there. Yeah, and even if we don't end up doing a mini episode on it, just because there may not be a whole lot of information for us to do it, even in mini episode form, we will still do, like you said, Liz, at the beginning, an Instagram post, a website post, Mm -hmm. just to get it out there in some way, shape, or form, Mm -hmm. just so we're not running into the same issue of, oh, well, there's not enough to do a mini episode, so, all right, it was scratch that, sorry. Right, right. We'll do it in some capacity. So, yeah, just send them our way, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, 
We'll see you on Thursday. Bye. Goodbye. Thank you.